in five, four, three. What the heck was that? And who's joining, jumping on now? Oh, that's just you. Gosh, Alan, you just threw me off, man. All right. <laughs> I threw you. Well, because you put a message thing in there. All right. Five, four, three, two. <laughs> oh, oh, people, people, people. Welcome back to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. Uh, we are ready to talk soccer. And even though we don't have the greatest game to talk about that just happened, we do have a game to look forward to here in the future. Um, and yeah, much more than that. Uh, we, we'll, we'll just have some fun like we always tend to do. And we got uh, some friends here joining us as well. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. We are underway in the postseason, the first playoff game ever played in Orange County. It's a one to Godoy. He's found a great ball in and bolts in plenty of time. He smashes it off and doubles the visitors' lead. Thomas in a Now Segbra sprinting forward on the counterattack. A little handsy there, crosses it. Pineda, the extra pass. Seaton finishes! It rolls down to his left and parrying aside. All taken care of by the Orange County keeper. We'll leave it for Aiden Quinn. He'll strike towards goal! It's gone in! An equalizer and a winner in second half stoppage time for Orange County on the left boot of Aiden Quinn. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast and on Facebook at Orange and Black SoccerCast. How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. I'm your host, Ray Samora, and I am with you each and every episode as we discuss all things Orange County Soccer Club. Joining me as he does each and every episode, we've got Dylan from County Line Coalition. Dylan, how are things going? They're a little busy. I've got a couple final projects due this week and a final tomorrow morning but uh it's the best time of the week so um i'm pretty excited i love that you for call the next, it for the next hour hour <laughs> and a half i love that you call it the best time of the week it definitely is whenever we get to talk orange county soccer club and just sort of goof around here like we always tend to do especially as we get later and later on in each episode we do that um and part of that fun that we have and the shenanigans we have each and every episode is also Alan. Alan, uh, how are things going for you? Things are pretty good. We're wrapping up the school year, so we're on the home stretch. And I don't know what Dylan's talking about. This will probably be at least two hours of shenanigans. Two hours of shenanigans? I, I'm five I, hours. We're going all night. Two, See you guys next week. I'll stop are- on Saturday right before the game. You guys are killing me. I don't know if I can actually go that long tonight. Um, I, I've been battling a head cold. So if my voice sounds a little weird or if uh, hopefully I will be in control of muting my microphone if I happen to cough or get a, a scratchy throat or sneeze. I don't want to uh, torture you for another for about an hour here with all that mess. 
Uh, so I'll do my best to try and help out with that. But um, yeah, no, d- definitely excited to talk Orange County Soccer Club. It's, you know, like Dylan said, it's one of the best times of the week. I, for Dylan, it's the best time of the week when we're on here. But uh, I, I don't know if I'd quite say the best time for me. Maybe actually going to matches is a little bit higher up there, but we'll see how things go. Oh, by the way, can you tell uh, I've got some new digs here? You don't just see a plain white wall behind me. I've started trying to build up. Uh, at least some color behind me so it's not just a white wall while I'm talking to you or we're we're showing things unfortunately it looks like Dylan and Alan are going to hide a little bit tonight they don't want to jump on the camera uh so is that ever not the case we're going to eventually have to get you gift? we have to get you on there Dylan no it's fine that's fine uh <laughs> so what we're going to do today is we're going to uh discuss the uh, I I don't know if I have the quite the greatest word for it but the match against la in carson um we'll get into it i'll let dylan and alan maybe try and come up with a word or two to describe that match uh then we will have uh, one of our friends from last season coming back and that's jacob from down in the valley podcast to help us preview the rgv fc toros match coming up this saturday uh if you those that can remember he was on our podcast last season and he was actually one of the finalists for guest of the year so we're glad to have him back on he'll be joining us shortly uh, and then we'll just get into our our random shenanigans hopefully not five hours worth of shenanigans like uh like i think it was dylan was was calling for there um so if that sounds good with dylan and alan we can get into this stuff yes uh I, Dylan and Alan love to chat, and the fun thing is, you guys, if if you're watching on the YouTube live stream, you can see the, exactly what's being chatted back and forth between those two. I rarely get to look at those just because I'm busy not only talking to you guys, hosting this, but also producing, doing all the background stuff, uh, you know, making sure audio is going through and all this fun stuff. So let's get into this LA match. And um, oh, can you test my mic really quick? Uh, your mic. You need a little bit more bass. Does it work? A little bit more. Oh, okay. Bass. Let me try this one. <laughs> Does that one work better then? So I- I'm hearing that noise. That must mean that there's been some sort of, uh, you know, update in some sort of soccer match somewhere, Dylan. Go ahead and share with us. Oh, I'm sure there's a game somewhere and some continent happening. I just, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, for those of you who've never listened to our show before, we're already into the shenanigans and we're only, what, less Let's than start. five minutes Come in. On. Uh, let's get into L.A., uh, Los Dos, uh, Orange County traveled up the 405 to face uh, our closest opponent. I, I don't know if we can quite say uh, our biggest rival because I, I think some of the other teams in the league fit that a little bit better. But yes, they went up to Carson to face LA Galaxy 2. And up until about the what 91st, 92nd minute, looked like uh, the, the traveling fans were going to have a fun time either you know, hanging out after the match at a local bar or at least even driving home down the 405. And then I think what's been our Achilles heel all season set pieces. And somehow I I don't think, I I think this has happened now multiple times in extra time set pieces have come back to haunt us. Uh, Let me go to you, Dylan, because you were actually at the stadium. You were there with the traveling fans. Uh, Just give us, you know, your brief impressions of the match in general, not just the ending, but just the match in general and and what you liked, what you didn't like on that match. I was pretty poor, if we're being entirely honest. Um, It wasn't great. Uh, There were a lot of wayward passes from basically everyone. Um, Orange County was really sloppy. 
<laughs> when the game started. It was rough. I mean, I think everyone was settled in their seats because we got in the stadium decently early, but there were like two songs in and Los Dos score a goal. And you're like, really? Is this this is what we're doing tonight? It's going to be one of those nights? Cool. Thrilled already. Um, but they kind of pulled it back together and looks like they wanted to try or that they cared um, about playing after giving up that first goal. Um, and then things got better from there on. Of course, Quinny scored that amazing free kick and then um, Vinicius flicked on a or knocked down a header from um, Harry Forrester, which I got, got to give them both a lot of credit for that one. But it was a frustrating match. Um, it was, I don't know, a lackluster <laughs> performance. The Los Dos really weren't that good. And sure, Juninho was playing for them, but it's we're so much better than that team. We're so much more experienced. But then we just, we'll score two goals every game, but we seem to give up a lot of goals too. And that was one of those times where it's, oh, good. There's a bunch of corners and extra time. And I feel like everyone probably knew what was coming. I mean, we've seen it three or four times now, especially the last few weeks. It's really, really annoying. So let me ask you, uh, you, Alan, were you scared when you saw uh, Los Dos with a corner kick late in the match, extra time? Uh, were you scared or I mean, were you already sort of thinking, OK, this is probably going in. This is going to ruin the evening for Orange County fans. Or uh, was it a shock that L.A. was able to get that uh, goal into the net or that ball into the net? I think I'm a little bit scared every set piece. In every game. I don't think it was anything special about the end. It's just right now it's kind of been more of a not if but when situation. Um, you know, I I wrote about it in the uh, power rankings thing uh, this week that, you know, the late set pieces kind of started uh, with Fresno, I think. Um, we, there's been a couple of late set pieces and giving up those late goals on set pieces kept us out of the open cup as well. Um, on that specific set piece, I mean, Harry Forrester, I like where he was playing a little bit further back in the, on the pitch that let him be a little bit more of a playmaker than like, as far as like passing the ball and he did that pretty well. Um, but he runs toward the ball and the corner kick. And if he stays with his man, that's not a goal. But he runs toward the corner that allows the space, the ball, just to get over his head uh, for the Los Dos player to flick it on. But I, it was so... All right, now we have audio. I apologize for you that we're listening. We lost audio. We have audio back. You got to at least see some highlights while the audio was missing there. Great job, Dylan, for catching it. I didn't see when it happened. That's credit to Logan, actually. Logan, oh, thank you, Logan. Apparently still can't hear us talking, so we might... Oh, now, now he can. Now we can. All right, yeah, now problem we can. solved. <laughs> Hopefully the, the internet stays on. I apologize for that. It's technology, ladies and gentlemen. And I know Dylan always harps on me that I should get hardwired. Uh, I recorded my garage, the modems upstairs, and I don't want to pay to have someone come out and, and set stuff up uh well, oh my god just buy a cat six cable and run it yourself 
dude. Okay, you can come out and do that, Dylan. Um, so right. really quick, we'll get into Dylan's thought here really quick, but I do want to let everyone know that's watching us on the live stream. Again, apologize for the audio mishap there, uh, but we do have uh, the highlights on there courtesy of USL Championship uh, that you're watching there. So Dylan, go back to where we were. Do we miss Josh Hoyveld and Alex Cronulli in the in the back line? No, I mean, Josh made a lot of mistakes elsewhere um, and really at 35 can't keep up with the 17 to 25 year olds that really make up a lot of the teams in this league. Um, do, 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 We're back. Do, do, do. Hey, I apologize. I internet issues. Now. Internet issues. Yes. Yeah. Comment. I don't know. Do what you got to do. Let's, let's see. Hopefully this will work. Um, I'm going to try and make sure I don't have anything else going on on this computer. Go Dylan. All right. So where are we? Do we miss you? Hoyveld? Yes. No. Cause I think at his age, he would have been, torn up by the younger players and the quick players in the league. Um, and that really wouldn't have gone over well for us. But I think the bigger issue is that we don't have that on-field leadership, that organization. Um, I don't know what it was about um, Andre and goal. He seemed to organize really well in the set pieces. Uh, Yosho always seemed to know where to go, um, or at least listened. Everyone seemed to size up pretty well um, and, and mark people. And this year we're just letting free headers go. It, couple of the game and we're just absolutely getting punished for it i mean how many games should we have won um if we had better defended on a set piece how many times have we come close where games have been needlessly close um because we've given up a goal from a set piece and then have to weather a storm because the team's actually within a shout of equalizing it's not a fun time <laughs> I, I gotta say it's actually really frustrating um but I think, yeah, there's some power vacuum. It's gone again. Um, but I think there's some power vacuum. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and I, I like Harry here, you know, trying to put the blame on either our new decorations back here or maybe even our guests that will be joining on here soon. Uh, but, Alan, I want to get to you really quick about this match. Um it, uh, maybe the same type of thing we were asking Dylan there. Do we have to worry about what's going on with this team in the uh, the back line? And it, can this be fixed? I don't know if it's necessarily a back line issue. It just seems to be an organization of set piece. Because some of the times it was like Aiden Quinn being jumped over. Uh, sometimes it's, you know, your defensive guy getting jumped over. This time it was Harry Forrester just not staying with his dude and trying to like, run at the ball for some strange reason. I think it was just a general organization uh, with the, the team in the box on set pieces. Where are they supposed to be? What are they supposed to be doing? Uh, I don't think it's necessarily just straight up on the back line. Um, and I think it's a, I do think it's a solvable problem. Uh, I do think it's one we can get figured out because they do decently well. Uh, but uh, it just seems to be like once again, there's a set piece that gets by, whether it's a header or a, a, a free kick. Um, if it happens once or twice, sometimes you tip the hat as like that's a great free kick, you know, hey, whatever. Uh, but I think it's been consistently happening, and especially late in games, we just got to make sure we can see that game out. I mean, it's like almost to the point where we can count it now on all five, you know, on one hand, we're going to move on to the next hand. Because I just think back quickly, I know the, the OCFC match. Uh, is similar situation. This match, I, I think I'm just thinking off the top of my head, there has to have been at least one or two other matches where uh, just a late minute set piece 
dropped points for the team. I mean, the team drops points off of it. So very frustrating. Um, Dylan, what was the reaction out there with the traveling fans in the stands when that equalizer went in for LA? That was pretty deflating. Um, we kept seeing, I mean, they, they did well to fight back. It was, it was stupid and frustrating when you give up a, an extra time goal and you do it a couple times in a month, but um, you know, we, we kept singing in hopes that maybe they'd get another chance in the few seconds that were left and maybe get a winner again. Um, but yeah, you know, I think I may have been one of the more frustrated people just because how many times has it happened? Um, it's the same mistake every time too. It's not like we're getting beat in multiple, multiple different ways. It's mostly um, us kind of shooting ourselves in the foot by giving up a dangerous free kick or um, not defending on a corner. Yeah. And yeah, but that, oh God, the ending of that match was not fun. And, and then um, I, I know you sent out a tweet shortly after that match that I think some other, uh, some other traveling fans probably shared a frustration with you. Can you share that with uh, maybe some of the listeners that didn't make their way out there to the club or just uh what was going on there or that, that don't follow you on social media? Yeah. Um, so this is pretty common amongst every soccer team, I think. Um, any traveling fans, basically, uh, the team will come over at the end of the game and, and thank them for coming over. Um, high fives or fist bumps or whatever it is. Um, and we didn't get that this game. I mean, there were almost 40 of us, I think. And... Um, no one came over. I mean, Koji was the only one that came over, but he was doing a, uh, looked to be a little bit of a fitness test. Um, so he applauded and, and that was mostly it. And that was pretty frustrating. Um, like, yeah, it sucks that you've given up another extra time equalizer. Um, and given up three points, but like, <laughs> I mean, we got behind the team for the whole 90 minutes. It's, it's not on us there. Um, we didn't turn on the team. So I was, I was kind of pissed off because um, basically no one came over and then a whole bunch of the players, uh, I mean, I'll give them credit, they they weren't rushing off to get into the um, the locker room or anything. They spent time with some of the fans at the gate as everyone was leaving. Um, but it, it was just a frustrating, I think that's another, there's like not really an on-field leader like there was last year um, to kind of corral everyone over there. Last year was usually Christian Duke. Um, or Andre Rollins. Yeah, who would Andre, Andre Rolls every game? He was the one I think that seriously initiated last year's squad, mate, because uh, he was the one from the beginning, get go, going out there and and uh, you know high fiving the supporters and whatnot. And I think it just so- slowly built, and I think like you say, Christian Duke played a big part in that as well. So having those two not out there has definitely hurt, and and it sucks for the fans because when you're making that trout that trip, I know Carson's not that far, but it's still, I mean, and even at the home matches, I, I think the fans feel a little left out or disappointed when. You do pour your heart in there for 90 minutes and maybe one player just acknowledges and or, or they come out and just do a brief, you know, three or four claps and then walk away, especially a big difference from last season. Yeah, I mean, Andre would come over every game no matter what. And it was either a thanks for supporting or like sometimes it was like, a am sorry. Yeah. Um, and and this year without there's no one on the field that would go and do that um, or goes and does that now, which is a little bit frustrating. Um like maybe that's Connie's job because he's got the armband, but I think 
especially in a way match that should be part of the post game um especially if you're not like rushing to get into the locker room or anything but i'll give credit to uh uh, Michael Seaton, because he he replied and he said like, oh, my apologies, uh, you're correct. Um, you know, all uh, quote, all fans deserve our respect and gratitude, especially fans who travel to see us play. Win, lose, or draw, we should always show appreciation. Hopefully, we hope we can reward everyone with a win next game. So, yeah, it was a frustrating thing. Um, yes, hopefully, but a good amount of them were with people and and I think talking to some of the fans on their way out and signing autographs and stuff. So it's not like they all ran off, but nice to acknowledge the group, I think. Yeah, at least a little bit more right after the match. Alan, really quick before I guess we move on from this, because again, it's one of those matches, again, that you really just don't want to dwell on because it's in the end, even though you get a point out of it, and we're unbeaten now in, what, four or five matches in USL Championship uh, action, still just feels very deflating. So uh, what are your thoughts on the whole uh, issue with the fans uh, or with the, the the fans not maybe being given any kind of acknowledgement right after the match, uh, especially after, you know, on that stream on ESPN plus they have the fan volume, especially on the other side of the, the, the field. They're very, very, very low. I mean, you could faintly hear, but we could hear orange County soccer club fans, Caroline coalition out there making noise. What are your thoughts, Alan? Well, I definitely heard Dylan's wonderful vibrato uh, throughout the stream. Can't uh, but... like that, man. <laughs> I can and I did. Um, <laughs> but I, you hopefully want, and I talked typed this in on the YouTube chat that it's not like a bunch of young kids. These are guys who are vets. A lot of them have played, you know, a lot of other places that should should know these things and should know better. But I also think think it speaks to the how frustrated the team is as well. I think that you know the things that we are feeling is frustration, 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 and up. You know, finish as strongly as you want to, or start start as strongly as they want to. I think that shows up with them too, and you can kind of see it a little bit in the way they carry themselves uh, when they're walking off. Uh, after something like like a hard fought draw that we had at home last time, um, I just think, you know, I try to give them a little bit of grace because they are feeling that as well. Uh, but I do think it's like, hey, you you got a bunch of fans that'll show up, um, and it it's the right thing to do to try to build that fan base, especially with you know the I don't want to say the lack of. We're not getting fifteen thousand like like you know uh, Mexico, New Mexico is. Although there's not much to do in Albuquerque, um, but I do think if you want to try to build that fan base, fan interaction is the way to go. Um, it's the way to get people excited. It's a way to build that connection so they feel like they're connected to their team. You know, and I I, I do want to give a shout out to um, uh, Dylan for pointing that out, and for uh, Koji for coming over, and then for Mike for stepping up and saying, hey, like, look, it's our bad. And sometimes they just need to be reminded, like, hey, we're, we feel this way too. And when you guys win, we'll be right there with you. And when you guys lose, we're going to feel like that too. So um, just to continue to build that community, I think is important. Yeah, it was weird that Mike went and said something. I mean, he doesn't wear the armband. It's really, like, not his job. If it's if If someone else is less, like, someone else would have less of that responsibility than anyone else. It would be a guy who hasn't played at all this year. So like Kevin Coleman saying like, Hey, our bad. Sorry about that. 
like but yeah. he was in play so it wasn't really on him um but yeah i think it's definitely that frustration things aren't going to plan um we're well over a quarter of the season in getting pretty close to halfway and just uh what four four or five games now so i guess five or six really um i'm sure there's a lot of frustration there that they're not not pleased with um kind of a kind of a bit of a mess but i think it mostly just reflects they're frustrated with what's going on in the field um, yeah and that's gonna that's gonna translate everywhere else hopefully it's not onto the training pitch and they get all that sorted out um and we just start winning <laughs> well yeah hopefully hopefully they can't been saying winning. that for 12 weeks so well, it seems like Michael Seaton is hoping that he can reward the fans with a victory this upcoming match, our next match for Orange County, as they will host RGV FC Toros. I hope I got that right. Is it the other uh, way around? So I don't know. We'll, we'll find Jacob out because we got Jacob from down in the Valley. He was uh, a guest with us last season. He's joining us back again this season. By the way, one of the finalists on our guest of the year uh, on our Orange and Black Soccer Cast Awards last season. Uh, Jacob, welcome back to the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. Yeah, um, thanks for having me. Hopefully you all can hear me here. Oh, yeah. yeah, thanks for Yeah, thanks for having me. It's uh, wonderful to be back and yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about this upcoming match. I mean, don't mind Dylan. Don't mind Dylan. Uh, Tampa Bay Eagles. Also, you're from Texas, so cows are funny. <laughs> so right. in case you didn't know, uh, that moo is anytime there's some sort of like breaking news while we're live here, uh, Dylan throws out the moo and then gives us the breaking news. So uh, keep going. Keep going, Jacob. But yeah, no, it, it's, it should be a fun one this Saturday. Just both teams. I mean, we all know how tough this Western Conference has been this season. You either lose or even draw once and then you are, well, you're basically you're you have consequences. If you tie that, well, most likely a lot of teams are going to win. So you're going to be moved down 14th. Now, I think Orange County SC, I think I've checked where you all have stood. And I do believe that you all should be higher than where you're at right now. And of course, condolences to the LA Galaxy 2 loss, because I know how that feels. A couple of weeks ago, not too long ago, we played LA Galaxy 2. We lost in the, well, it felt like a loss in the dying minutes, 2-2. Two to two. And then, of course, same deal, 4-4 four to four when we play them on like a Wednesday on the road as well. So, yeah, they are 100% the worst. <laughs> oh, I, I'll take that, I guess. I mean, the all three LA Galaxy 2 fans that potentially would ever listen to this, uh, there you go, folks. Um, so, I mean, I guess you look at that as sort of a judging point between these two teams. Both teams, I guess, were lackluster against LA Galaxy 2. Uh, how is RGV been? Oh, correct me. Did I get the, the name of the team right? How does the, what's the official name like with like the 10 words that go into that name? Yeah. RGVFC Toros. Yeah, you got it. You See, got it Dylan, exactly right. Why do you question me, Dylan? <laughs> I just wasn't sure of the ordering there. You just, um, you just expect me to mess up, right? Syntax is important. Um, what's been going on for RGV though recently, you know, I know, I think recently you had the LA galaxy two match, but what else has been going on with the team? Uh, is their form pretty good or is, is there something that orange County fans maybe can be excited about heading into this match? All I can say that their form is pretty good. The only problem that I've seen is 
the way that RGVFC plays against certain types of lineups. And what happens though is really it's a their form right now is kind of like the 2017 Houston Dynamo. And the 2017 Houston Dynamo, what they did is they would counterattack a lot. And of course, when a team would try to counterattack their counterattacks, they wouldn't necessarily be successful. So that's what RGVFC has kind of been doing now. Um, earlier in the season, they weren't able to score offensively. And now once they started to score goals, the floodgates basically opened for that. So that was a good thing. But the only problem is sometimes when teams decide to defend their part of the pitch and try to counterattack, when RGVFC cannot find ways around an offense to try and get, or a defense, excuse me, to try and get into the, I guess, 20-yard box and try and score, then it becomes a big problem for them where the defense or the opposing team will just be able to counter and basically score a goal. So, you know, in our defense, we probably have a familiar face. I know not for RGV, but, you know, I know you guys have that affiliation with with the Houston Dynamo. So Leonardo is is one of our central defenders back there. Uh, he hasn't been like this, like steady in the lineup presence. I know he's been in and out here and there, uh, but I know I, I, I believe he did play against LA Galaxy 2, right, Dylan or Alan? If you, what if yeah, you want he's to correct played me on that? since he got hurt a few, I guess a month ago, month and a half. Um, since he got fit again, he's played. Okay, so, so yeah, he's been he's back in the that New York player where he's on the later end of his career, but he plays every match. Yeah, and, and so I mean, you were talking about how RGV style is similar to what the Dynamos did a few years. Dynamo did a few year back. A few, so I can't get my S's in the right spot there. I call it the Dynamos, and then I say a few year back. Uh, the Dynamo did a few years back. Uh, you know, Leonardo, I believe was probably, I, I believe was part of that squad, or maybe he had just joined at that time. I don't know how you know the timeline there. Is that someone that uh, is, is he a type of defender that gives RGV trouble or is that the type of defender that RGV is excited to, to go up against and and look forward to, to maybe uh, being able to beat him? Well, it all depends on the way that the coach is really able to set Leonardo. And sometimes I do recall that he was a bit aggressive, to say so the least, because of just his Brazilian style, I believe. That's where I believe he's from is Brazil. And so, yeah, he, so he was kind of aggressive and coach Wilmer Cabrera last year left him on late and in bad situations where they were trying to hold out for a draw and stuff like that. So yeah, he can be a threat for sure. He has been pretty good or he was pretty good for Houston Dynamo before, of course, going over to Orange County. So it's just a level of where will his mentality be for that game if even Co or if coach decides to even put him in for Orange County, if anything, if he even starts too. Uh, Dilla, do you have a question for for Jacob? Mm, no, no, not off the top of my head. <laughs> Alex, did you think I did? You? This <laughs> caught me off guard. I was just reading about uh, Leonardo. So you know, I, I I'm just I don't want to be like hogging the spotlight here. If you or Alan have any questions for our guests, I definitely want to open it up to you guys. Alan, do you have anything for Jacob? Uh, any questions? Uh, well, I I re or I should say rewatched. I watched the RGV San Antonio game uh, and did notice that uh, RGV did. I looked up the stats; it's like thirty-seven percent of possession. They really did just kind of counterattack them mm -hmm. to death. It was like crazy how fast they were able to uh, to counter. Like you said, like I mean, Salazar's scoring some goals, uh, but if if 
Orange County defends that a counterattack really well. You know, who are, should we be looking for for RGV to try and break defense down? Uh, try and break that defense down would probably be uh, one to look out for is Chuy Enriquez. Same with Malik Foster, even on that offensive zone. And lots of times the defense to really look out for would be a Connor Donovan and Kyle Adams would probably start in the back uh, line because normally what coach would do, he would go with a 4-3-2-1 or 4-2-3-1, excuse me. And so that would really help with bringing out just the way that RGVFC likes to play, which is that counter. But like I said, if that happens, then of course RGV sometimes tries to take some far shots. And we do have guys that can, uh, that are able to put shots on target from a far range, but it's not likely that they may go in. But of course, it's just a question of half the time too, is RGVFC's what are we going to see? Are we going to see a full team that's ready to just win? Or are we going to see a team where maybe the defense will play out of their minds, but maybe make one mistake to where they let in a goal? And then, of course, the offense might not be able to put a shot on target or maybe just put three shots on target instead and not actually get um, goals. And so, of course, it can all de- depend on how this team really reacts to the way that a team can counterattack their counterattacks sometimes. How do you guys look when you play a team that isn't in possession? So if you play another team that likes to counterattack and doesn't know what to do when they have the ball, do you guys freak out a little bit and get the ball and then immediately kick it forward and lose possession again just to not have possession? Or what, what normally goes on there? Do you ever really shake it up from that style and maybe try and hold the ball a little bit more? Uh, when when we're kind of forced to just hold the ball a little bit more, we do kind of do that. Sometimes our players are able to just really um, control possession some, but of course, yes, we can keep possession in the midfield, but as we all know, as soccer fans, that's not going to win you any games. It's who can put the ball in the back of the net more than the other opposing team. So when of course they do get that opportunity to move the ball forward and have a chance to try and shake things up and try and beat the defense, then it sometimes does become a problem. And when it becomes a problem, that's when RGVFC really loses their, I guess, their mentality really, or they're just, yeah, well, yeah, their mentality and might concede a goal off of a counter that they really didn't want happening. Or. Perfect. Uh, I had my, my mic muted there, so I apologize for that. Um, oh man, I always do. I, I you know, yeah, it, it's been one of those nights with like the audio issues and dropping internet and, and maybe it's the curse of this, maybe it's you. Cause last season you came on and, and we were so confident heading into the RGV match, me and Dylan. Uh, and yes, yeah, somehow, some way RGV, I, if I can recall, RGV came out and sort of just slapped us silly and, and went home with a victory, if I can recall correctly. Do you? I'm sure you remember that score off the top of your head, right? Yeah. I, I, well, I don't know. It might have been a three-nil victory or something like that. I could be way overreacting. What'd you say, Dylan? Two-nil away, which uh, snapped a winning streak for us, and then two-nil at home or nil-two at home, which snapped a winning streak for us. <laughs> so, and and yeah. if I recall, RGV wasn't. Uh, as good of a team as they are this season last no they were 
I mean, Jacob, you are obviously know this pain, but you guys were terrible <laughs> last year. Oh yeah, we could we couldn't put a ball in, on goal. We couldn't Except put a shot on goal. We we've already like I think we had eight goals in this whole season or something crazy like that last year, and I think we've already like doubled that close or something crazy like that. <laughs> so yeah, no, it was just because our offense couldn't put goal couldn't put up goals and that was a real struggle because we had a defense that could draw us games when we didn't necessarily deserve to have a draw and yeah by that point we were playing with nothing to lose because we knew we weren't going to make the playoffs and we knew our only opportunity was to beat some good teams at the end of the year and make our rivals miss the playoffs which we in fact ended up doing which was san antonio fc at the time of course before all these other texas teams came into the west I know she should have just like a Texas conference when it comes to to USL championship with all the teams you guys got going on. I, I think it makes it amazing, though, for for travel purposes. I mean, I know Texas is a very huge state, but I, I'm sure you could say like there's this pride when you're like RGV traveling up maybe to Austin or to to San Antonio or, uh, you know, wherever it may be that you're going to travel within the state to to get that. It's it's a neat thing. And. Uh, unfortunately for us, LA Galaxy isn't that type of travel uh, when it comes to the league, but we do have some local stuff, but not quite like, I guess, I, I think just Texas. It's just a Texas thing, right? Um, let's do this. I, do you have any questions for us uh, uh, regarding Orange County or anything you want? Because I know you'll probably have some of uh, your listeners checking in, hearing what you had to say or how you rep your team. Do you have any questions for us to or to relay the message to your fans? Yeah, I mean, I I guess, yeah, the question to me would be, what would your prediction be for Saturday? What would your, yeah, what are you thinking will probably happen this Saturday? I know it's going to be a tough game for both teams, knowing that, well, we're kind of in a dock fight for a playoff position at the moment. So what would your prediction really be coming into this match? I'll defer to Alan or Dylan if one of you want to take this this question. Yeah, um, Orange County will score two goals. And that's my only prediction. What about you, Alan? I concede. I, I think it's going to be kind of a. I think I agree with Dylan. Like a two-one. Like I'm looking at the stats for the two teams, and it's like practically identical. Like down to like successful passes and like same amount of I think same amount of goals scored. No, twenty-one and twenty-two. Nineteen goals conceded for OC. Twenty-one for RGV. Like everything's practically identical as far as these two teams go, and Orange County tends to Oklahoma Uh-oh. four, Tampa Bay three. Fifty ninth minute, wow. Wayne Gordon. Wow! Wow! It's got to be those blue kits they're wearing. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you I think threw, you just threw Allen off, Dylan. <laughs> I think uh, okay. Orange County doesn't do as well on the road since like, it seems like they have to fight to get a draw. And I think just being at home um, is going to give them a, just the, that touch of an edge that gets them over uh, that, that draw at home and they get a two one win. I do have some stats that support that <laughs> compiled by orange and black soccer cast statistician. Um, and who is that? Our good friend Andy, of course. Oh, oh yes, and, yes. and listener emeritus Andy. Um, so in 2018, uh, we averaged 1.2 goals against per game. 2019, we're averaging 1.6 goals against per name. 
Um, but doing this away, we score on average one goal away this year. Last year we were scoring on average 1.94 away. So, um, yeah, we're conceding more. We're not scoring as many, and that's why we're drawing constantly. Um, it's not – I think Alan's right. Like, being home is going to make the difference, but it's it's not a guarantee. Um, last year we were confident because the, the quality in the teams was so different. This year I think they're – in current form, pretty similar to each other. And I know the standings don't really reflect that, but I do think that um, Orange County is still a higher quality side than uh, RGV. No disrespect, Jacob, but um, they just haven't found how to make it work yet. Any rebuttal from Jacob on that? No disrespect, Jacob. Oh, yeah. I mean, I... We haven't played a lot of road games, and of course, I know that we went on a nice little West Coast uh, road trip here not too long ago, of course, playing LA Galaxy 2 on the road once, playing Portland Timbers 2, which was our first road victory, actually, and then, of course, we played Phoenix Rising 2, sadly losing that game uh, 3-1. to one. So, of course, just like I said, it could go either way, of course, the road uh, the road games that was the last one and of course we wanted to pick up four points or we wanted to really pick up um, seven points or the whole course nine but we didn't end up having that so yeah it can go either way for sure it's just uh, what I really expect to see because of course half the time there for RGBFC it's not the same lineup and so that causes chemistry to decrease of course just like on the fifa games when you play ultimate team you have that little fifa um chemistry bar or whatever and so it, it is exactly the same thing what i'm seeing will probably happen is we'll probably get tyler Derrick coming to orange county sc um another player that i would see would be chris duvall uh, sam junqua would probably be on that back line as well and so that would cause well, that would cause a bit of problem for Houston or for, excuse me, RGVFC just in general. And so if that were to really happen, yes, I would mainly see that Orange County SC would have no problem in probably winning a two to one or even a two nil uh, game because it's just half that time when you get those different players and it doesn't help. And of course, when that happens, our coach has to play those players for at least, if I'm not mistaken, 60 minutes. So then it becomes a problem if we do. Uh, concede goals. Uh, so for my prediction, I'll, I'll just throw this out there. Um, Darwin Jones is going to score a hat trick. Jerry Von Wolfgang is going to st- score a hat trick. <laughs> Harry Forrester is going to score a hat trick. And Patrick McClain's going to have a clean sheet in this match, thus giving Some me like Michael Seaton. Well, no, no, no. It's giving me an early lead in our fantasy soccer for the month of June for playing for pride. Uh, so I'm going to have like a bunch of points racked up when all those players get hat tricks and Patrick McClain has a clean sheet in goal. Um, so, yes. I'll put my money on the club's <laughs> Twitter account getting hacked again. Uh, yeah. Me too. The, the, <laughs> the funny thing, Jacob, is is last time I went just on this like crazy uh, prediction, I predicted I think Phoenix Rising would beat us 5-0, and we actually came out victorious against Phoenix. Um, so I'm hoping maybe that sort of continues when I make a crazy, random, weird prediction, even though this one's tied into some fantasy soccer thing that Dylan, Allen, and myself are doing, so maybe it won't quite work the way I'm hoping. But 
I, I'm thinking it'll be at least a, an exciting match, and hopefully uh, the good guys come out victorious here in Orange County. No, like Dylan says, no disrespect to Jacob or the RGV fans. Uh, you know, we're an Orange County podcast. We sort of have to to maybe play the Homer role, but uh, you know, being realistic, I think it's going to be a tough match. I think RGV is going to. Uh, be a tough uh, win if Orange County can get that victory. And I think Orange County needs the victory more than RGV needs the victory at this point, just because they've been just in the last few minutes of matches dropping points, which is just the worst. I, I you know, I get it. We haven't lost in, in quite a few matches here, but when you're, you know, dropping points, you know, going from three points to a one point because of a goal given up uh, being conceded in extra time or in the final minutes of a match, that's more deflating than, uh, than if you're just losing a match outright because you have that three points in hand and that happens. Um, Unless anyone else wants to share any other thoughts on this match, I think we gave predictions, which would have been my next question. We already went there because Jacob's just awesome, his thing with podcasts, and he knew where to go next. Um, I don't know, Jacob, if you have a few more minutes to hang with us. I, I do want to ask this question of you because I, I know we're a USL podcast, a USL championship podcast, RGV um, and, and Orange County, but there is a really big soccer match in Europe coming up this weekend uh, for those. If you have any fans from your side that are actually making the trip out to California for that match, you can let them know they're actually, the club is hosting a viewing party at the stadium. Uh, so fans could come out, set up blankets, sit up and watch on the big screen, watch the, the champions league final where, uh, you know, at the end of that match, Alan's going to be crying tears because of what happens there. I don't know if you have uh, tears of joy. I don't know you uh if you Jacob if you have any, you know, fandom on either side of those leagues or if you even follow Champions League or Europe soccer. Um but do you have any thoughts of who will win that match and I, I can give you a hint right there if you need it. <laughs> well, hate to say it though because I am a Liverpool fan. And so, yes, of course, I'm so going for it. So you'll be crying sadness too then after that match. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, the good thing is we have our stars that are mainly going to be healthy. I know that Firmino will probably be back. Jurgen Klopp's been in this situation before. He's been in it before. Same with the players. We've got a new goalkeeper, Allison. And so, of course, it's just a different feel to this whole season. And of course, this is going to be triumphant considering what was it, 96 points that we scored in the freaking Premier League and still lost. So, so it'll be that much worse when you guys lose. To my I, mean, I, I predict a win for sure. Just like I said, it, it seems like it's a different feel. We came back from the best match in the Champions League versus Barcelona. Okay, well, Todd, it, okay, come it on. was an incredible Champions League. Let's be more a, true. A hat trick in the second half of the second leg of a of a home and home trumps anything Liverpool did against Barcelona. I get it. You guys, I think we're down three 0 heading into that that second leg of the match. Yes, but a yeah, hat trick in the second half that you needed all three of those goals. Yeah. So in 45 minutes, a hat trick. And the last goal in that hat trick, literally, like, the, the last pretty seconds. much play yes. of what was going to go on. Because the the Ajax goalie had, like, wasted time on his kick. And somehow, some way, just like a ball just bounced 
bounce to the right spot. And okay, yeah. come on, Lucas Mora, regardless of what he does from this point in his football career, soccer career is going to go down as a legend for Tottenham Hotspur for that 45 minutes of play. I, I don't mean to say, you know, I don't mean to no disrespect Jacob uh, on <laughs> Liverpool's amazing match. Cause I thought that was, that was a freaking amazing match as well. Yeah. I, I thought it was cool. Just how you went from that. And then the next day you go to Tottenham. Uh, I, yeah. I mean, yeah, like you said, just an amazing champions league, uh, you know, semifinals. And now I, I'm, I'm hoping the thing that sucks is the way those two matches went. I don't know if the teams could do anything to make it even better in this final. Uh, so it might be a little bit of a letdown and they're, you know, but Hey, Tottenham, if you want to switch your allegiances now, you could do it. Tottenham. No, I am sticking with, <laughs> I'm sticking with Liverpool and the most Salah train has left for sure. Of course, like, Another big thing was just because that game as well for Liverpool was that it wasn't the stars that shined. It wasn't your regular Firmino. It wasn't your regular Mo Salah because of the fact that they were injured. It was, well, it was a bench that came out and showed up a team that, well, in theory is probably double considering that we had to start the bench warmers <laughs> up. And so yeah. it was... I mean, that was special as well, of course. Yeah, come Saturday, it should be a fantastic match. It could go either way for sure. The only thing is, I think it will stick more with Liverpool just because they've been in that situation before and Tottenham hasn't necessarily been in a final for a while. I mean, of course, it's tough to do this two straight years in a row and go to a final, which it's almost unheard of in a way, just for a Champions League, at least, besides, of course, Real Madrid doing it several times, but that's a different story. <laughs> so, yeah, you kind of look at it that way as well, and it's just <laughs> the, the players know what to expect more than uh, more than Tottenham does. So I'll just say this, up the Spurs. Um, let's uh, mm -hmm. and, and let your fans know, if, if you do have any fans traveling out to California for the match Saturday night, they can head to the stadium I think the, the the clubs open up the gates at 11 o'clock. They're going to let people put up blankets on the field, the 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 big screen. It's not a huge screen, but the the scoreboard that has a TV on there. They're going to put the matchup on there. Uh, they did something similar for the World Cup final, and I think there was a pretty decent turnout. Uh, so yeah, let them know if they want to find anywhere to go to watch the Champions League final while they're out here to watch okay. RGV yeah. against OC come to the stadium and hang out with, with a bunch of other soccer fans that might be there for that. I'm trying to make it happen. Uh, unfortunately that date coincides. I have my oldest son is having a track meet. That's supposed to end around 1130. It is also my youngest son's birthday on that day. And he wants to make it out there. So it depends on how that works out. We'll figure it out. I'm going to, I hopefully we'll get out there at least to watch some of the match. Um, Really quick before we let you go, cause I know it's getting late for you over there in Texas. Do you want to let our listeners know, uh, where they should find you anywhere on social media for the podcast. Uh, just plug away. All right. Yeah. You can find me on social media at Jake young four, five, six on Twitter. And of course for our podcast down in the Valley, you can also find us on Twitter at down in the Valley podcast, as well as on YouTube down in the Valley podcast, make it pretty simple there for you. And then of course also, yeah, thanks to, I guess, the Beautiful Game Network. We're part of it. BGN Written is one of our co-hosts, a writer there as well. And 
um, find our main host, really, that just puts everything together just like you do. Um, uh, Edson Ochoa at E underscore Ochoa 8, something like that. So you should be able to find him really well, but I think I'm done plugging away for sure. Yeah, and that's sort of where, you know, we we found you when we brought you in last year, part of BGN, Beautiful Game Network. Uh, I always forget to do this at the beginning of the podcast. I'll eventually get there, but we are brought to you by Golden Gold Press, Roughneck Scarves. You'll hear more about it as we get to the very end of this podcast as well. Um, uh, Jacob, I, I, I want to, you know, if you're ready to head out, I want to let you go because I know it does. It, there's a time difference between Texas and California. Or if you want to hang out for our very final segment where we just share a random thought with our listeners, you, you're free to do so. It's up to you. Yeah, I'll stay for that random thought. I mean, there's some really great thoughts for sure. I've got, well, yeah, this is basically, I kind of live on a California time. I just, I think I like it better in California time just because it seems cooler. Should come out and, and start supporting Orange County Soccer Club then. Mm-hmm. Um, let's get to this and let's get to our random thought. And I'll let Jacob uh, sort of process what his random thought is. Just so you know, Jacob, it could be about soccer. It could be about anything. Dylan likes to share books. Uh, and last week I read a weird version of a Dr. Seuss book, at least the first couple lines. Um, but we'll go to Alan first because I haven't heard Alan's voice in a while. Alan, what would be your random thought for this evening? Um, my random thought for this evening is uh, a shout out to going back and rewatching uh, TV shows that you thought you didn't like, but now secretly really like. Uh, we've been missing game of thrones so we decided we wanted to uh, watch season two of barry and we weren't huge fans of season one but we went re-watching uh the first season again and we are absolutely enthralled with it um it's a good knowing that it's not funny now like the first time we're like oh it's bill Hader. it's gonna be funny and <laughs> then it's not funny uh, i think going into it kind of knowing what it is uh, helped me enjoy it a little bit better the second time around. So shout out to watching shows that you weren't sure you were huge fans of uh, for the second time. Perfect. Dylan, what about you? Uh, this week, <clears throat> my literature recommendation is actually a New Yorker article, um, which none of you now have excuses. It's about soccer um, and it has a audio recording that you can listen to. Um, but it's called How Football Leaks is Exposing Corruption in European Soccer. Um, it's a great read or a great listen. Do one minutes long if you listen to it. It's a longer read for sure, but it's really interesting just to see um, how sketchy big European clubs are uh, and how dirty money flies around in between the East and the West. Um, specifically through sports. Um, yeah, it's maybe not the uh, the it's bright the spot. No one's gonna ever read, right? Yeah, I mean, it's not the bright spot on European soccer that you'd want the week before the Champions League final and the day before the Europa League final. But um, that's a part of life now. I mean, so it's it's a great read. I'd well um, definitely recommend it. You can find it on um, my Twitter, or you could just search New Yorker and then Football Leaks on Google, or probably Bing or DuckDuckGo if you're a real responsible person, um, and it will be one of the first results. So, yeah. 
Oh, also, if you are the ref and it's the 89th minute of the game or whatever, and a guy is on a yellow for simulation and he goes down and you don't think there was contact and they simulating again, either he gets sent off or the guy that takes him down gets sent off. So, you know, like maybe one day we'll get a good ref, but so you're talking about the, I, I would assume you're five, talking about five Darwin man Jones. child who doesn't know how to run a game. It Darwin Jones in the box goes down, waves he it goes down outside the box. So, why is he, he diving okay. two yards outside the box? He was touched. I watched that. I watched that. He was touched. Um, but yeah, refs don't like to call that for some reason for us. Uh, <laughs> let's go to Jacob. Jacob, can you top what Dylan had to present there? Oh, yeah. I mean, he talked a lot about. Well, kind of what I thought, of course, I'm thinking of a lot of things, actually, which is, I guess, really just the city of Baku, Azerbaijan. Not just to mention that they are hosting the Europa League final tomorrow, but about, what was it, four, maybe even five? Well, I, I don't necessarily know exactly when the time frame was, but of course, they also started to host a Formula One race down there in that city, which is just absolutely crazy. And of course, it's in that district to where it's all the old time town, which looks beautiful. But at the same time, it's just very odd how that has all taken place. And then, of course, not long after Formula One decided, let's have a race in Vietnam as well. Apparently, there's a good market there, too. So it's just it's really strange. You get to these, I guess, kind of Asian and um Middle Eastern markets, and you think this is going to be a perfect place. Well, guess what? For fans, they're not necessarily going to be able to go there. And some might have some issues with, I don't know, borders and not being able to go over there because they might be in danger for themselves. And so it's just, it's very odd how those European events take place and they just decide on okay let's go there and we'll make this a whole big deal and we'll see if it lasts for a long time which once again of course they're never going to change so whether it's uefa whether it's f1 because of the money exactly so it's just that's one thing that's kind of been on i guess everybody's <laughs> mind in social media well at least in soccer terms at least it's arsenal and chelsea so who cares what happens out there i mean they can get stuck out there forever you know coming as a tottenham fan right here you know so um my random thought for for this episode i did talk about it last week my uh u8 team had a little like mini playoff tournament the first time they've ever done something like this uh we played four ma- four games in of like four and a half hour span, but they were like half games. They were like 20 minute games for these kids. Uh, they fought really hard. Uh, the tournament consisted of five teams, which included our team. Two of the teams were club teams. Uh, another team was this amazing, pretty much like youth Mexico team or something like that. Uh, and then there was one other team that we were pretty evenly matched with. My team ended up losing all four matches. Although against one of the club teams, they did have the match of the like tournament. There were like all the parents for these other teams were like just congratulating my boys for how hard they fought in a one nil loss to the club team where my son had a chance to get an equalizing goal in like the final minute of the match. Unfortunately, the the goalie for the team was just amazing and stopped him. But I was proud of my boys because even though they kept losing, they kept losing, they kept losing. And me as a coach, I'm getting frustrated because there's some calls the ref isn't making. Uh, They still kept fighting hard. Uh, They were trying their hardest till the very end. 
so even though we lost all four matches, they had an amazing tournament. They fought hard. And hey, you know, I, I'm a coach. All my players on my team are all players that are not like these like all stars. I've never told a player because of his talent that he can't be on my team. I'll take any player on my team. Whereas again, if you're playing against club teams or some of these other really like established teams where the, the, the coaches are building these like all-star teams. Uh, it's hard to really truly compete with them. But my, my boys, again, they kept fighting hard. And, and as a gift, they gave me this cool little ball. They all signed it. Um, my, my son's name is right there. If I could turn it the right way, there we are. There's my son uh, who's on the team. And then my other son who is not on the team, he wanted to sign it cause he wanted to feel really cool. Uh, but um, yeah, no, I, I was proud of the boys. They fought hard. Uh, and yeah, as a coach, I was frustrated because, you know, four losses uh, in a five hour span is never fun. Uh, but again, I, I love it. And most of those teams are coming back to join my team next year. Uh, hopefully we will have an even better season and go from there. So I want to just uh, give props out to the, to the team. And if any of them are listening, awesome job on that boys. Cause you guys were amazing. You guys did great. So yeah, that's that. Um, so I guess I, with that said, I think it's time to sort of wrap things up. Uh, we've had fun here. I want to thank Jacob for coming on again, like you did last season. It's been fun. We might have to have you again on again in the future. Uh, we have another match against you guys this season, so we'll, we'll maybe work something out with that. Uh, and of course with Dylan Allen, for those of you who listen, every episode you've heard their social media stuff, unless they really are dying to give it to you. Uh, I'm just going to sort of skip at this episode because there's no need to hear it H in every single episode. If you want to follow them or find them, go to our website, message us, or look for them on social media. So what I'll do this is for Jacob, our guest, for Dylan, for Alan, my name is Ray. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, and we are out. Thanks to our sponsor, Golden Goal Press, the best choice for you to get custom shirts, hats, mugs, and other items for just yourself or your organization. Check out their amazing products at a fraction of the price of other places at goldengoalpress.com. Also, thanks to Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to the MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com.